Well, hello there, and happy Zombie Jesus Day to you all. And to you, Rain, happy Zombie Jesus Day. Rejoice, for he has been properly leavened, and he is risen, unlike the matzah. So, you know, for those Jews out there, happy Passover. Or for the Muslims, happy Ramadan. Whatever you choose to celebrate, however you choose to celebrate, welcome. How are you this week, Rain? How are you celebrating Easter? Because we are recording this episode on Easter night. And I know you guys aren't listening to it on Easter, but it is Easter, so we're going to talk about some Eastery things first off, off the bat. Coming I know strong. one of the ways that we celebrate our Lord and Savior is by attractive individuals wearing very little clothing and bunny ears. That's how I oh. really appreciate celebrating. Or I know in some parts of uh, Eastern Europe, they wake girls up with water and then like whip them and do all sorts of stuff. And they got to get boys candy. We've covered that before. It's there's some great Easter traditions. We have, but I have an Easter tradition that we have not yet covered on this podcast. Do tell me. Are you ready for Finnish Easter witches? I was born ready for Finnish Easter witches. This look on my face says, yes, I'm ready for Finnish Easter witches. And of course, you, you the roots of it are indeed uh, go past Christianity and they're a bit more pagan. Okay. And I'm, we're going to break this down in just a second. When I think witches, I think Halloween and or, you know, spooky times. I don't tend to think our Lord and Savior, bunnies, chocolate and Easter witches. But in Finland, they have a tradition that is a mix of religious references that is supposedly about Jesus, but it's also about, you know, the arrival of spring. On Easter, young children, mostly girls, will dress up as witches, and they will have freckles painted over their face, and they will go knocking door to door. They will wear colorful old clothing, and they will have willow twigs that are decorated with colorful feathers and crepe paper to uh, act as blessings to drive away evil spirits. So hmm. they're little little girls in freckles and old clothing carrying willow branches with crepe. And they're there to drive away the evil spirits. So I guess these are good witches. So it sounds like it's the opposite of Halloween. Instead of like coming and begging for food and candy and saying oh, but they something get candy. bad will happen. No, no, no. They oh, knock, so, they, so it is like oh, Halloween. So it's basically oh, yeah, Halloween. Yeah. It's Halloween on Easter. No, no, no. Yeah, but 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 it is. It has a a very specific Easter theme, and you have to pay off the marauding witches with East chocolate Easter eggs. And they give a very specific, uh, I'm not going to even attempt to butcher this in uh, Finnish, but in English it says, I wave a twig for a fresh and healthy year ahead, a twig for you, a treat for me. Ooh, so it's like trick or treat, but it's twig or treat. Well, it's um, it, it mixes a number of different uh, older traditions, a Russian Orthodox ritual where birch twigs originally represented the palms laid down when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, mm -hmm. and a Swedish and Western Finnish tradition in which children made fun of earlier fears that evil witches could be around on Easter Sunday. Okay. Well, I didn't know that it was a common fear of witches on Easter. 
Well, you're not in Finland, obviously, not. and you're missing out on cute kids in old clothes with freckles painted on their face, waving twigs at you and chanting, and you give them chocolate eggs to make them go away. Yeah. So basically, they're saying, I'm going to waggle this branch at you, you give me chocolate, and then the transaction is done. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I hope actually. it hasn't become as transactional as Halloween has become, because I've noticed the last couple of Halloweens. There's no pageantry to it anymore. The kids just come up to the door and they're just like have their bag. Sometimes they don't even give me the trick or treat. They're just like expect it with the bag. And they're like, all right, here's the candy. It's Fill very, the bag with the sugar. That's yeah, very sterile and transactional now. Oh, I'm sorry. Last Halloween, um, I actually ended up placing the bucket on the steps. I didn't even answer the door because, you know, pandemic times. No. So transactionally through the blinds, I, I parted them and I would look at people come up the steps and they would take some candy out of the bucket Pour and then the whole wander. bucket in their bag and run away. Uh, no, people were actually very respectful. And it was also candy I didn't want to eat. So yeah. I, was, I was happy that they cleaned me out by the end of the night. So Halloween tip, buy the candy you don't like <laughs> so you won't be eating it yourself. <laughs> I have a refined palate for chocolate, and most Halloween candy tastes like ass. Wait, that's not true. Ass tastes pretty nice. Depends most ha- on the ass, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather eat ass than Halloween candy. Wow. All right. That's a, that's a strong assertion. Halloween candy is bullshit, mm. and ass is a lot of fun. Okay, so we've really wandered we're, we're, off. So that's what's, okay. okay. So these that's, young girls dressed as witches come and waggle a with branch freckles, uh, freckles. with freckles. The very important the and freckles. they chant and they chant at you. My daughter has been recently putting fake freckles on her face because she thinks they make her look cute. Uh, she was also really into braces, as I recall. She was doing fake braces. Yeah, I don't know, just all sorts of different things. I mean, freckles can be pretty cute. I have an airbrushing app that will put fake freckles on me, and I think I look pretty cute with the freckles. Uh huh. So, okay, so little Easter. girls, Easter, yes. branches, chocolate yes. bunnies, or chocolate yeah, eggs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything and else re- on that? Um, I mean, I could keep going. It's, it's, but I, we have a whole podcast to cover. I just had went in doing research this week. I came across the tradition of Finnish Easter witches. And what I liked is, like with all of Christianity, they incorporated all of this older pagan stuff and folded it in. Um, but really like part of it is like spring is here, he is risen, give me chocolate mm-hmm. or I, I'll put a curse on you. Or so. I won't chase away the bad spirits. Yeah, yeah, basically. With my magic branch. <laughs> yes, it kind of made me wish that for a, one day at least I lived in Finland because I want cute kids and freckles with magic branches waving them at my front door. Yeah, but I mean, how many after the first one do you really need anybody else to chase away the evil spirits? I probably won and you're done, but it's nice to have have some like, yeah, yeah, repeated coverage for sure. Well, continuing on with our Easter theme. It is Easter after all. It is Easter, at least for another few hours. AKA hot individuals wearing bunny ears. Mm, If you're into that sort of thing. I did. I made that my profile picture today. Oh, excellent. I know what's up. For those of you listening, if it's still up, go check it out. Last year- uh, mm-hmm. Utah passed code ANN 76-10-1227, which is geared towards getting pornography out of schools. The exact law says something is indecent 
or pornographic if it includes explicit sexual arousal, stimulation, masturbation, intercourse, sodomy, or fondling. Those, those are what is laid out in the law for indecent things in schools. Recently, some parents challenged a book which they found to contain incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, fellatio, dildos, rape, and infanticide. Take a wild get what? Is what? it is it is it the Bible? Yes, it's the Bible. So I wait, wait. There's dildos in the Bible. I suppose they claim that there's dildos in the Bible. I have read the. I don't recall. I the only it had to be the Bible because of everything you listed. I must have missed the dildos. Well, if you want, they did provide with their petition an eight-page cheat sheet of. All of these things in the Bible, they, they reference the different oh, chapters. And of course, they start with I'm... our favorite, Genesis and the story of Lot, which we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. extensively. Oh, we, I, I, but I'm never done talking about the story of I love the story of Lot. I do. Uh, okay, give me a moment. Hold on. I'm, I'm drooling slightly. <sighs> okay, okay. But the dildos, I miss the dildos, but I do like the story of Lot. If anyone ever wants to start a conversation with me, bring up Lot. Let's go. <laughs> Ask about Lot. She's got a lot yes. to say about it. I, oh, boom, Yes. <laughs> I do. Okay. I, I mean, that story has it all. That story has sex, have, sodomy, incest. Being drunk off your ass while oh, yeah. your daughters gangbang you. I guess it's for like non consensual rape. Because yeah, he was yeah, drunk. Yeah. Incestual, yeah. drunken, non-consensual rape. Mm-hmm. Oof, oof, yeah. If you want, I can send you this PDF. Could you? That, that has the eight-page list of all. If any of you guys want the PDF, uh, maybe I'll just put it up uh, with this episode. I don't know. Link. I want the dildos. I'm very curious You're curious. Now. You can go through the list and see what mention of dildos there are in the Bible. Well, Christians are always trying to come at me and tell me that I need to be saved. And one of the favorite things they like to throw at me is to tell me that I should read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, baby. I've read it. I it's have. Hot. Repeatedly. Yeah. I've read all. I I mean, some parts are dry, but there's a lot of juicy bits of the Bible, but I've missed the dildos. So, yeah, please pass that on. I like the parts about the foreskins. There's like so there's many foreskins. <laughs> so much foreskin in that Bible. My God. I need now. I need a Bible covered in foreskin. <laughs> oh my god! There was a marriage contract that was sealed with lots of like a hundred foreskins. Yeah, yeah, so many. So what are you gonna do with all this? We did an entire podcast about Jesus's foreskin. Mm-hmm. I did. Yes, there was a whole Christmas episode. Go back and listen to it. It's good. I enjoyed it immensely. The school district has had to respond because they say they take all these requests seriously. So they formed a committee to evaluate- Examine the Bible. The the Bible to see- It's spicy. (laughs) The Bible is seriously spicy. Yeah, I'm sure it'll pass though. This is Utah. I'm sure they'll be like, oh no, this is fine. All these LGBTQ books that we've been banning without ever looking at or reading- are, are bad. There's also been other books that have been banned. One of them was called Sex. If you're scared of the truth, don't read this. And it was banned without anybody actually reading it, just based ah. on its title. But what this promotes is abstinence. 
So it's just, oh. it's just a book about abstinence, but they banned it just because it has the word sex the, in the title. And it was like, we title. can't have the kids reading this, even yes. though abstinence is the uh, only is, thing taught yeah. by law in Utah schools for sex education. Oh, so they overreacted and didn't read the book and just panic banned based on the title, yeah. of course. I mean, I don't know how many of these people have actually read the Bible. Maybe they don't even know there's dildos in the Bible. I didn't know. You didn't know. Now we're going to go know. find the Bible I wanna, dildos. I want to know about the Bible dildos, those holy dildos for sure. I do. Holy dildos I do. filling just the holes. Fill me with the word of God. Yes. <laughs> Come in me, Jesus. Oh. Come in to me. Yes, please. So, yeah, there you have it. I hope that the Bible gets banned in some of these Utah schools. Odds of it happening, very low. But Whoa. I always love the turnaround. It was like, okay, yes. if you're going to use these laws, we're going to use yeah. them right back against you because there's some right fucked back up at shit. You. There really, really is. People, people always tell me, you sinning, foul harlot, read the Bible. And I'm like, bitch, I have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Repeatedly. There's some good stuff in You've there. You've had sex on top of a Bible. Um, I've had the Bible in me. Mm -hmm. I've had sex on, stuffed in. on top of the Bible. I have skull-fucked communion wafers into people. I beat people with the Bible. I am very intimately acquainted. Intimately. With... <laughs> I, I once stuffed a bunch of pages of the bible inside me and then i forgot that i'd done that and i went to pee and i was rustling and i couldn't figure out why my undercarriage was making so much noise and it honestly, why are you so loud down there all of a sudden what's going on yeah yeah and it took me a moment to realize that i had multiple pages of the bible inside me and i had to remove them and when i did my undercarriage stopped ruffling uh, if i had a nickel for every time that happened to me <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. While we are on the topic of things being banned in high schools, as an educator, we often um, will return to the same topics and themes here on this podcast. And sex ed is one of my reoccurring themes. Also, spiders. Strong and we're going to get strong in my heart sex and, ed spiders. and spiders. But you don't like spiders. No, 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 no. You are entirely incorrect, Well, I my remember friend. a conversation we had about Black Widows where I proved you wrong, and now you've well, come full circle I, on Black Widows. I don't – I have – Black Widows in specific, I have feelings around, but um, right over my shoulder, right here in this podcast recording room, I do have my spider glass. So when I find spiders, I do a the official spider glass. The I have an official spider glass. Do you have in this an room. official piece of cardstock to trap them? Yes, with? I I do catch and release. I'm very pro spider. We're gonna be covering spider sex in a little bit, but right now it's a I want to shadowing. Yeah, just to whet the appetite. Uh, it's uh, you're, we're gonna get to the spiders, but right now let's talk about sex. Okay. Wait, but when I talk about the spiders, I'm also gonna be talking about sex. That's more foreshadowing. Ooh. In one of those topics that scientists and researchers do, where it's like, no shit, the sky is blue. As it turns out, the more comprehensive and thorough sex ed is, the less transphobic and homophobic people are. And in particular, scientists, we do love scientists on this podcast, did do a research topic where they investigated high school students. And the more comprehensive and thorough a high schooler's sex ed was, the less transphobic and homophobic they were. 
Whereas, suppose you were in Utah. Yes. And you were not getting really good sex ed. And I couldn't read my Bible because it's full of naughty, naughty bits. Dildos and incest and drunken daddy fucking. Oh, my. (laughs) Because it is. But the more that someone has knowledge, uh, the less fearful they are. Hmm. A lesson to be learned there. So scientists did take the time to uh, do some research on high school students. And the more ignorant high school students are about sexy times in general, Uh the more transphobic and homophobic they are. And also the less they know about precaution and using protection, not only from Mm. STIs, Mm. but also pregnancy. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been doing a lot of reading on this week is the future of abortion in oh. this country and this world, I suppose. Yeah. I what I mean, I do have to say that we have plummeting fertility rates. So it's true that abortion is becoming harder to reach, but at the same time, we're becoming substantially less fertile as a species. And some societies actually have negative population growth. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe this will be the answer. I don't know. One of the things I never really took into consideration, which once I started reading about it, it makes perfect sense and it kind of blew my mind is that we are getting closer and closer to an artificial womb, raising a fetus outside of a human body, what's called ectogenesis. In fact, back in 2022, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia announced they developed this artificial uterus called the biobag, and they were able to take a lamb fetus, which was roughly 22 weeks old, Put it in the bio bag and bring it to full term successfully. So if they can do it with this, it's theorized that just within a few years, maybe we'll probably have viable artificial wombs that we can take an embryo and raise it from very, very, very early in its gestation period to full term. And we're going to need that because one of the topics that we've certainly covered on this podcast, and it's also a area of research that I've been focusing on a lot, is the fact that we have plummeting fertility rates. What you just mentioned. Okay, I did. Yeah, but it's, I understand, but it's, it, it is catastrophic. And what people aren't really realizing is that in the future, it's going to be so much harder to have children. It would be like Children of Men. Yes, exactly Great that. Great movie. If and you haven't watched that movie, go see the movie. Great movie. Damn, damn good movie. And w- there's not going to be so much whoopsie-doopsie, I got pregnant. Oh, uh, ha, ha, guess there's another baby. People are going to have to really be actively struggling in order to have children. So it, it, abortion is having you know some serious threats happening to it, but simultaneously we are having plummeting fertility rates, and we've covered this recently in the podcast. Dudes' dicks are shifting, mm-hmm. and it's not just and they're of course bigger. they're well they're getting longer, they're getting longer, but, but narrower. But in Here's art, the they're getting larger as well. So they're they're losing girth, but they're extending. Mm-hmm. And of course, because all the research is like less research, dudes dicks first, because dicks the most important thing in the world. The research for um, reproductive organs on women 
are is much more behind. But hey, you know, you need that part in order to have babies. So we're probably going to be yanking a lot of lamb uteruses in the future. Well, this uterus isn't made from lamb. It's just it's just this artificial uterus. They were able to raise a lamb fetus in it to oh, oh, okay. be, uh, to right. a viable state where it could survive so wait, on what's, its own outside. So what's the artificial uterus? What's so it made out of? It's just plastic. It's like a bag. Plastic? It's a sack. It's yeah. like a plastic like some bag? Polymer. I don't know. Just scientific materials. Oh, full of artificially created things i don't know oh okay okay i thought that they had to like take the living uterus out of some other being it's just just, like a plastic bag just like a plastic bag (sighs) i mean don't quote me on this i didn't do too much research into the artificial uteruses but yeah it's just it's just like any sort of medical device it's like a test tube baby you just take it and you put it in the uterus and it it raises itself okay so i've never told you this but One of my favorite books of all time. Brave New is World. This, mm, damn good book. Okay. No, Cat's Paw. Okay. Cat's Paw, which I think is you a have cy- told me this. How much I love Cat's Paw. Yeah, I think we talked I about fucking, it like a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. I think so. On this podcast, I we covered so. Cat's Paw. Yeah, I think so. I think with we, the I think art you... with the artificial uteruses. I don't know if we talked about that part. We didn't talk about the artificial uteruses in Cat's Paw. Okay. One of the main plot points is that the fertility has gone down, and also the wealthy do not do their Maybe own we did reproducing. Talk about this. Man, I think that sounds familiar. Anyways, continue. Are you sure? I think so. I have this memory of it. Either your memory is really bad or my memory is really bad. Yeah, your memory has is not as sharp as you like to pride yourself on. Mm. I'm not saying that my memory is great. It's not. But I don't recall talking Sometimes about the art. Sometimes it's comparable to Swiss cheese. Yes. But I've caught you a few times. You have caught me. So, Rare exceptions. But it's happened. Fuck you. So... One of my most memorable parts in Cat's Paw was that the wealthy are basically making their offspring in artificial uterus bags. Mm-hmm. And this was covered in the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, I think we mentioned it mm. when we were talking about declining fertility. Maybe. I don't know. If, if we have on. regular listeners out there, <laughs> I mean, they remember this, weigh in. Either way, I don't know Please if it was a public help. episode like this one. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention, this is a public episode. If you want to get all the episodes, go to <laughs> patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast. We forgot to say that in the opener. If you've gotten it this let far, me, let me point Patreon. out that my, my brain is rancid cabbage soup uh-huh. and I don't remember yesterday. So every one of these podcasts is a brave new world for me. <laughs> Brand new experience. Yeah, I have. I Maybe we've I just don't... been talking about the same thing over and over again for the last few years. We have no idea. That's because time is a flat circle. It is. Eh? Anyways, to get back to okay. my original Uteruses. Uteruses. Not lamb uteruses, plastic bag uteruses. Okay, so here's the argument, is that once we have a working artificial uterus and it is feasible for us to do the ectogenesis of a human fetus, how is that going to change abortion laws? Because most abortion laws now are based on viability, how long it takes for the fetus to develop so it can be viable outside the woman. Other people argue body autonomy, where it's technically still part of their body, and they should have the autonomy to decide whether they want to be pregnant and have this thing growing in them. So if we get to this point where we can grow a human being outside of a human womb, 
then it'll do away with both these arguments because it could be viable almost from the point of conception. And most pro-life people argue that it is a human from the point of conception. So if it's possible just to remove it from the person's body and put it in an artificial womb, then it will do away with this viability argument, which has been the basis of all the laws. And it does away with the body autonomy because now the person doesn't have to carry the baby in their Mm -hmm. body. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's going to get to this point where they'll force people if they don't want the baby to have it removed from their body and put into a fake womb. But then it gets into this Mm -hmm. weird gray area of then you're forcing a person to become a parent Mm. because biologically they are still the child's parent. So they're becoming Mm -hmm. a parent against their will, even if they give the baby up for adoption or they, they refuse any rights to the child there's still technically a biological child of theirs out there. I mean, if this happens, we all know how great the foster care system is, and we all know how much the pro-life people love taking care of the children and are so concerned about them after they're born. It's only until you're actually on this planet, and once you're here, fuck you. Give them a shovel, put them to work. (laughs) Well, that's a very fat... I mean, we're we're guaranteed to find out, Mm -hmm. and... We have had absolutely just cratering fertility rates happening in such a short period of time. It's like it's the microplastics, it's it's the hundred thousand barrels of DDT that is laying right off the coast of Los Angeles. Like there's a million reasons why we're having so much environmental factors that are causing our fertility rates to plummet, but. I'm very curious to see how that's going to pan out with abortion because if we have declining populations, then they might force people that are pregnant to be like, well, if you don't want the child, we are taking it because we we need need the population. Fetus, yeah. Yeah. And then what is going to happen to all these children? They just become forced. Like who who raises them? Are they government raised? Like if the person like if they can't be adopted out, maybe you know, childless people are going to want to adopt out these unwanted fetuses that have been removed and put in a sack. Well, because there's going to be like actually concretely, scientifically less children. Mm -hmm. We live in the cyberpunk future I have always been anticipating, and it is extremely not boring. That's why there's buckets all over my house. There's buckets because you live in the cyberpunk future? Because Cyberpunk buckets. Yes, because there's been 14 atmospheric rivers, one after the other, relentlessly pounding, destroying my roof. My roof is leaking. I have buckets because of my cyberpunk future, but I am not raising any fetuses in these plastic buckets. In a bucket? Yet. <laughs> you don't have a bucket yet. fetus yet? Yet. Who knows? Give bucket me another fetus, fi- do my bidding. In another 15 years, who fucking knows? I just knows? have buckets of fetuses all over your house? I might. It's going to be very weird, right? If I come over to your house and it's like, <laughs> don't mind the buckets full of fetuses. It's for a good cause. It's for the declining human population because everyone's dicks are getting really long and skinny. And, and infertile. And their sperm counts are dropping. Dropping. So there you have it. I just, I just, this was just a, such an interesting argument about the future of where abortion could be going. There's also the other argument that if, if the pregnancy happens and one partner, like I'd say the the sperm contributor wants to keep the baby, but the person that's carrying it doesn't want to keep the baby. Like, I don't want anything to do with this yeah, baby. But then if it's 
able to be removed from the body and the other person saying, I want this child. Okay, fine. What's the legal ramifications there? Oh, I was like, yeah. okay, now I have to go through this procedure to have this thing removed from my body, put in a bag, and then now it's their child. There's just so many things that this opens up that I hadn't thought about before now that we are pretty close to the cusp of this being a real potential thing. I have been thinking about it and uh, as someone who does not have a dick or testes, I can't help but wonder, because I've been thinking about this, okay. that the dudes that are like, you got to have the baby. It's like, okay, then she's not part of it and you can take it out and put it in the plastic uterus and the guy's like, oh, wait, I have to... Take care of the baby. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot more fun when you can bully someone and they have to do their part of it when but when you can demand your parental rights. Well, uh you're you're a father. It's How really much hard fucking... when your baby mama's a plastic bag. <laughs> right? How much work is it being a dad? It's a lot of work, actually. It's, it's a it's lot of fucking of work. work. Right, exactly. I've got I don't one think... child. I don't know how people do multiple. Oh my god. I got four kids and no life. A, a small segue while we're talking about cyberpunk futures, because it's something I'm incredibly passionate about. Mm -hmm. Always have been. It's something I'm really into in terms of research. Uh, do you recall, like, say, 10 years ago when meeting someone on a dating app was like super embarrassing? And you would be like, oh, oh, we didn't like come up with a cover story. We met at an office party. We met at the grocery store. Like, we can't tell anyone we like met on a dating app. I suppose That's so. I never it, really it, went on the dating apps. Well, neither have I. But mm -hmm. my point is, as things shift here, here we're talking about uteruses and plastic bags. I only right? went on that one dating app, which is uh, for people into fist play, plenty of fists. It's a great one. <laughs> right. So okay. many fists. I, 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 I've never been on a dating app myself because dating is super awkward, but I do pay attention to current trends. And I do know that, you know, well, I'd say around 10 years ago, the idea that you would be so embarrassing as to be on a dating app was like, oh, we can't admit that's how we met. That's like, only losers are on dating apps. We mm. have to come up with a fake cover story. And now Tinder is doing full-on ads. I'm on Instagram and it's packed full of Tinder ads. How did we meet? Tinder. Mm -hmm. So the the social stigma and The Pope of, recently hey, said Tinder's cool. He's down with Tinder. He's like, that's cool. That. Yeah. yeah, and he is also Sex like, is a beautiful thing. Sex is a beautiful thing and Tinder ain't half bad. I mean, he's trying to uh, do some uh, solid PR because it's like his priests just cannot stop diddling small children. So he's mm -hmm. having to walk back some shit. I want to uh, see the Pope's Tinder profile. <laughs> well, he did say that before he um, joined, before he decided to dedicate his life to celibacy, he had been in a relationship. Mm -hmm. He's like, sex is pretty awesome. And like I was definitely slinging some pipe and then, you know, God called me and I had to pack the pipe away. But sex is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So that's interesting because when I look at the Pope, I think to myself, that Pope fucks. I mean, he he did before that Pope God. fucks. <laughs> before God called him. Now, when I saw the Pope's comments about that, I couldn't help but think 
somewhat cynically that the Pope is aware that there is plummeting fertility rates. And with less people, there's going to be less potential Catholics that are tithing to the church. So he's mm-hmm. going to have to say, hey, you know, we're uh, we're trying to re- – hey, Tinder's not so bad. Y'all should do some banging and make some babies and get more Roman Catholics and the y'all should tithe to the church. Yeah, take those That's- fetuses, stuff them in my bag. <laughs> right? So uh, we are currently in a time and place where we – kind of oh you're there's while there is no longer judgment for meeting on a dating profile and Mm -hmm. people get married on tinder and tinder is no longer something that's considered shameful it is still considered somewhat uh questionable if you uh we did a previous podcast where we covered uh lars and the real girl with ryan gosling yes and it was like, okay, well, you- Cherry 2000. Uh, yeah, damn good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I came across an article uh, this week that suggested that just like uh, we have now backed off on being judgy McJudge pants with people that meet on dating profiles, that you know, in a few years down the road, we're going to be less judgmental about people that either- are in relationships with uh, sex dolls, sex robots, but also people that are in relationships with AI. Mm -hmm. Relationships are hard. They're complex. They're awkward. Right. Well, for a lot of people that cannot crack the walnut with human relationships, uh, more and more of these people are going to AI relationships. Mm -hmm. And we're still at a point where we're trying to figure out with AI. It's like, oh my God, what a loser. They have an AI girlfriend. They have a chat bot to talk to them. But in this brave new cyberpunk future that we are currently living in, which is never boring, uh, I came across an article that predicted, and I agree with this article, that in 5, 10, 15 years, people will totally be like, that's my AI girlfriend. That's my AI partner. Mm-hmm. I think they're they already doing that in Japan. I, they are, but it's going to become uh, more accepted and more worldwide. Mm. And I frankly am here for it because relationships are awkward, but loneliness is also the curse of the human condition. And if we get better at making babies in bags and creating AI that can talk to us and help us feel less lonely, I frankly don't see any downsides to that. That's your cyberpunk future come to life. I love it. I'm going to take my sack baby on a date with my AI lover. (laughs) I love it. Well, I have a recent article for you, and I also Mm. have some advice for you. Now, take this advice with a grain of salt, and I'm not necessarily saying you should do drugs. It's your choice if you want to do drugs or not. But according to this recent study, if you are socially awkward, you might want to take more ecstasy, Mm -hmm. MDMA. So this study, which was recently published in Scientific Reports, is called Examining Associations Between MDMA Slash Ecstasy and Classic Psychedelic Use and Impairments in Social Functioning in a U.S. Adult Sample. It's a great title. I'm socially awkward. You might need more ecstasy in your life then. (laughs) Because according to this, what they did was they took 
a large swath of U.S. adults. They used the National Survey on Drug Use and Health from 2015 to 2019, which had about 214,000 respondents across all different socioeconomic backgrounds. And they survey weighed it. And what they found was that lifetime use of MDMA or ecstasy, with lifetime use being just like they used it at least one time in their life, was associated with lowered odds of three of the four social impairment outcomes. So the three that it improves is difficulty in dealing with strangers. So if you use X, you're better at dealing with strangers, difficulty participating in social activities, and being prevented from participating in social activities. They also found mescaline was fairly high in this as well. They didn't really find any other psychedelics because they they also looked at psilocybin, LSD, and you know mescaline. And so I guess uh, go out and take some ecstasy and some mescaline and uh, be less socially awkward. And then maybe you can meet somebody. You don't have to date your AI. This is my podcast co-host's advice. I'm not I advocating wanna... drug use. That's, this <laughs> oh, is, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying uh, with this, this scientific paper. This is a, a research scientific paper. paper. If you right, guys right. want, I contact me. I'll send you the link to the articles. Right, this right. isn't my right. suggestion. We're not, we're not saying do drugs no. here on this Drugs podcast. are bad. Okay. 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 But I mean, hey, every time I log on to Instagram, they're like, hey, you should take magic mushrooms. No. There's a like K Bloom, there's an entire service where they send you ketamine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, have, I have a friend. I've actually helped her with some ketamine trips and experiences that with the, and like, a licensed therapist. And they give you like goggles and they put like, it, it, it's a whole kit. Like you mm -hmm. get the entire kit. Oh yeah, she got a whole thing. I'm actually probably helping her tomorrow morning with another K-trip. And is it legal? It's yeah, just it's completely legal. She got the stuff through the mail. Uh, the first time she did it, she came over to my house. There was a licensed therapist that we met online she gave us the rundown and then there was like this hour i just basically have to sit there and like babysit just in case so what is it like i don't know was, so they just like sit there and like go through the goggles or something no, they, they just put like a eye mask on mm -hmm. the one i did there was a lozenge that went under her tongue that she sucked on and then had to spit it out after a certain amount of time and then there was specific music which i guess she likened to enya <laughs> like an Enya-esque music that she would lay okay. there and listen to for about an hour and just go on her mental trip and then afterwards journal about what the experience was and then check in with the therapist after that as to what the experience was and just kind of talk about anything that had come up around it. It was interesting. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm living in my cyberpunk future. I'm telling you. Where you get drugs I, in the day. mail and then it's like, take these I, drugs yeah. and feel better about yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm very much not surprised with the present that we're in mm -hmm. because I, 20 years ago, was like, I totally saw all this happening. Sure. If you saw all this happening, you'd be rich. You'd be filthy rich if you no, 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 saw no, no, the, all this happening. I'm not, I'm not good with financial stuff. You know that. But a, a lot, the plummeting fertility rate, the, the increased positivity around, um, homosexual and trans people yeah i saw that the uh, increased drug rate i saw that the climate change i saw that yeah i mean what what you can't like make any money off of that but you could just when you lick your finger and hold it up into the air you can f feel which way the wind's blowing feel the breeze 
I could feel the breeze. So the uh, ketamine blindfold trips while you journal doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Mm. It's quite interesting. I, I prefer I the old it. method of just meeting some random guy in a shady alley and him giving you some sort of powder. That's not very therapeutic. And, that's incredibly therapeutic. Take it home, put it in your <laughs> nose. You don't know what it is, but it's good for a good time. Uh, once again, I would like to make it clear that the dirty pot, I am not suggesting this. Don't listen to my co-host. He <laughs> does all sorts of nefarious shenanigans, and um, that's not what we this are This is not official policy of the Dirty Talk podcast. It is not. <laughs> Use drugs at all your right. own risk. Let's move on to spiders. All right, God spiders. Damn. You you foreshadowed some spiders. I did. So we've talked about spiders before, and we're probably going to talk about spiders again. We okay. talked about bondage sex spiders, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah, this the, is a bondage sex oral bondage like oral sex spiders. Yes. Yeah. So I have a completely new spin on spiders. Okay, spin that web. If you're a, a male spider and you desire to sling some pipe, it's dangerous. It is oh, bad news bears to be a male spider. You're going to get eaten. Mm -hmm. You're going to get attacked. So there's all sorts of things that male spiders have. Let me, can I tie you up? Can I do a bunch of oral? Can I distract you? Like, can I like sling down on a web and like give it to you real quick and then whoop, jump away before you eat me? Bungee jump well, sex. Yes, there is bungee jump spider sex. And there is a whole new spider sex I would like to share with you and our listeners, okay. which is the female spiders pretend to be dead. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, so the it's females so pretend to be dead, not the males. It's, yeah. So the females are not actually dead. Okay. But in China, they did an entire study on funnel spiders. And the female spiders will pretend to be a corpse, but they're not. They're not dead. They're pretending to be dead. And then they're like, come on, dudes, I'm not going to eat you. Look, I'm dead. And then the male spiders are like, this is safe. And both the male spiders and the female, well, I'm theorizing. The okay. study didn't quite cover this. But the male spider's like, you're pretending to be dead. And the female spider's like, look, I'm totally dead, babe. It's safe. It's okay. And the male I know you're a necrophiliac. You want some of this. <laughs> You want some yes. of this hot dead spider action, don't you? Right. And neither the male or female spider in in my mindset is addressing the fact that she's playing dead. Uh -huh. She's like, look, I, I promise I'm not going to eat you because I'm a corpse. I know and this the guy's is your like, kink. Okay. I know what you're into. Yeah. So in order to establish this, they actually, the researchers had to grind up and analyze some of the female spiders. Okay. And they wanted to be sure, because they're like, hey, it's either a possibility that the female spiders are indeed having some chemical go through their system where they are dropping into a coma-like state, or they're pretending. And we need to know if the female spiders are pretending to be dead, or if there is a chemical component where, in order to facilitate mating, the female spider's system is flooded with this chemical component. And as it turns out, after they ground up and analyzed a bunch of dead female spiders, uh, that the women are just pretending. Mm -hmm. There's, they're not actually having a a medical system flushing into their body that drops them into a coma. They're just holding really still and not blinking. Hmm. And that's how they uh, signal to the men, it's safe. I promise. I won't <laughs> I won't eat you. It still begs the question as to why these men are just going around having sex with spider corpses. 
Because they know it's safe. Because it's safe. Because I'm just getting off whatever hole's a hole. I I mean, it's better than being eaten alive. Like, yes. you're like, I'm horny. I don't want to die for But then this. they, like, jump up and, like, trick ya. I'm not dead. I'm going to eat ya. Ha ha. No, 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 no. They hold still. I actually <laughs> for the whole have time. To... That's exactly how I like it. Just hold still, pretend to be dead the whole time. Look at these, this charming, look what I have for you here. See? Okay. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. So just there they up, are. Pretending to be dead. Pretending, pretending to be dead. Oh, man, that's which sexy. Is, is their way to signify that they are receptive to the sexy times. Right. If I find any more cool spider sex facts, I will happily share it with you and our listeners. Please do. To finish up with uh, some cool sex facts, if you mm -hmm. want, some mathematicians at the University of Sussex have developed the first ever mathematical model of how to reach sexual climax. They, they've come up with two separate formulas on how they can effectively reach climax. It takes me about 30 seconds. What's the formula? Uh, I could read it to you. I think maybe I'll use the formula as the image for this episode. If people want to look at the formulas, I don't have a grasp of this higher level of mathematics. So there's some symbols in here that I'm not really sure of what they would. I would try and read the formula. I was looking it up online to see if I could get an idea of what this formula equates to. If, if we have some mathematicians out there, please let us know what this formula says. But there's these two mathematical formulas that they say will guarantee ejaculation because this is so far only for men. This formula works for men. They, they want to work on a mathematical formula for female orgasms. But as they say, Female orgasms are a lot more complex than male orgasms. They said they started with a male orgasm because it's, it's a so fairly easy. simple system. Yeah. But I mean, there's still yeah, plenty yeah. of people out there that have erectile dysfunction or, or difficulty completing anything like that. And so they say this formula, if followed, guarantees success in ejaculation. Overall, what they say, though, is their research finds that... To improve treatment of your erectile issues, don't overthink it, which is funny because they overthought it by coming up with this whole mathematical formula mm. for sex and mm -hmm. how to get off. But they're like, eh, mm -hmm. don't overthink it. Basically, what they're saying is that it really has to do with the psychology going into the act and how mentally aroused the person mm. is to be able to get off. And the more you overthink it, the less likely you are going to be able to get off which i think we could tell you without some sort of complicated math formula just like don't overthink it but the problem with that no is shit that sherlock it's hard because the the, the melty yeah, man i mean you yeah, start thinking man. about the melty man yeah, and once yeah, you think about yeah. the melty man the, the there's melting, no getting rid yeah. of the melty man yeah. once, once that yeah, thought yeah. jumps into your head they're like fuck yeah i can't once yeah. you start thinking about it that you just can't get out yeah. of it it's just this self-fulfilling prophecy so yeah, I knew you were it, just relax. about to bring up the Melty Man. The Melty Man. Nobody yeah. likes to talk about the Melty Man. Okay, we're no. just going to stop talking right there about the Melty Man. <laughs> Anyways, I'll put up I'll put up this math formula. If anybody wants to take a look at this math formula, guaranteed to get you off. If there's a female orgasm math formula in the future, I will definitely want to learn this math formula. Like, don't overthink it. Don't that's, overthink, I mean, don't overthink it. That's that's what it. I I I do counseling and coaching for women all the time, and it's the. I can't because you can't relax. Yeah. You have to relax, let go, take a deep breath, and don't overthink it. But so it's not gonna be relaxing if I be like lay back, baby. Let me get my notebook here. I got this math formula. Okay, so so it's like 
U equals F to the power of U plus E sub U. Take away omega. Okay, okay, hold on. Let's lay there for a second. I got this. I got this. So if I touch you here, wiggle this, lick yeah. this part. Yeah, okay. I've tried this, that. This, I've... this math says it's going to work. I have done that. I have followed the formula and they still can't come. Oh, well. And it's because they're overthinking it. Yeah, like you have to relax it. and let go. But it's it's the easiest thing in the world. Relax and let go. But mm. it's also the hardest yeah, thing just... in the world. Relax and let go. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I can't. Well, yeah. then no come for you. Yeah. And Turns then... out I'm quite good at relaxing and letting go. And then the melty man's waiting in the corner, rubbing his hands with delight. Not for, <laughs> not for me, baby. I'm the melty man. I'm the melty man. <laughs> I have addressed the melty man. I have conquered the melty man. <laughs> good. I'm glad you have conquered the melty man. It's a, a good use of one's time is to invest in conquering the melty man. Yeah. Well, why don't you give these good people a good anti-melty man salute? And I'm, before, I'm going to mention once again, since we didn't mention it at the top, if you want to get every episode, because this is a public episode, but if you want to get the episodes that come out on Odd Weeks, join us on Patreon at patreon.com. If you love us so much podcast. that you want us every week as opposed to every other you, week. You want us in your ear holes every yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, of course you do, because this is amazing. I don't blame you, for sure. Join the Patreon. Yeah. We will catch you next week, over and out. This is an erect, engorged, and non-melting jaunty salute coming at all of our listeners' ear holes. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will come at you uh, fast, furious, and full of science next week. Yes. And until then, stay away from the melty man. Goodbye. <laughs>